Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn away, and you can remain seated because I've got a lot of Scripture to read. Now, after the death of Moses in Joshua chapter 1, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise, go over, everybody say, this Jordan. Thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Let's continue on. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon. That will I give unto you. Let's keep reading. From the wilderness of Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Somebody say these next few words with me. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. I've already promised it. I've already spoke it, that it was for them, but they, they didn't receive it and accept it. And here's the only qualification you've got to do. Only be thou strong and very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. That thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt Meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Now the one-liner my pastor would say from time to time and I understand the context And I hope you don't take out of context what I'm going to say. He would say a a one-liner like this. Elvis is dead. Get over it. And what he was trying to get somebody to do is move beyond where they were. Quit wallering around in the pity party of whatever was going on. Elvis is dead. Get over it. So I'm going to preach today. Moses is dead. Get over it. Moses is dead. 
Turn to somebody and say that. Moses is dead. Get over it. Moses is dead. Get over it. It'll make a whole lot more sense in a few moments. When you look at the the life and the promises of God to the children of Israel. God gave Moses, and I will use it, the prophetic, the promise that they would leave Egypt and go unto a land that I will show thee. I will show you the promised land. There is a place that I have prepared for you. The Bible would describe it as flowing with milk and honey. It was a prepared place. It was a promised place. But the children of Israel could not embrace what God had promised to the man of God, Moses. They would live and watch and they would walk and they would wander uh, some 40 years in a wilderness, uh, going in circles, uh, 11-day journey to the promised land. It would only take them 11 days to step into a season of promise. They would step into a season of divine provision and divine blessing. And they knew it was out there. They knew what awaited them. But for some reason, there was a generation amongst the people that just did not believe that God could do what He said He would do through them. And I think that's very important to remember. God's word never changes. If you believe that, say amen. If he's ever spoke a promise over your life, the promises of God are in him, yea, and amen. But it's up to us, it's up to you and I to step in to those promises, to claim those promises, to step out, proverbially out of our comfort zones and take what God has promised us. There we find in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, Moses speaking to this, I'll step on the side of saying warped generation. A generation who just could not believe. We find in Deuteronomy 1, in verse 1, These be the words which Moses spake unto all the children on. Everybody say this. This has very big significance. This side of Jordan. In the wilderness. In the plain over against the Red Sea. Between Paran. And all the way down. We we get to a place in verse 2. There are 11 days journey from Horeb. Unto Kadesh Barnea. It was 11 days journey. To the crossing over of Jordan. It was just an 11 day journey. And it came to pass. In the 14th or 40th year. In the 11th month. On the first day of the month. Did you catch that significance? 40th year. On the 11th day. And on the first month. They had been wondering 40 years. Almost 49, 41 years. That Moses spake unto the children of Israel. Unto all the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sion. The king of the Amorites. Which dwelt in Heshbon and Og. And the king of Bashan. Which dwelt as Ashtaroth and Ederai. On Everybody say this. On this side of Jordan. 
on this side of Jordan. In the land of Moab began Moses to declare this law saying. Something rose up in the heart of Moses after 40 years of hearing the murmuring and complaining and the bickering and the backbiting and the fault finding with the word of God of go and possess the land. He had heard the word. He had declared the promise. But something after 40 years, 11 months and one day, the man of God, there's been none wise. According to scripture, the wisest man in all of Israel, according to Deuteronomy. And I want to read that because it has great significance. And there rose not another prophet since in Israel, like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. That's the kind of man we're dealing with. A man that knew God face to face, had heard the word of God, had declared it, but they didn't want to receive it. And so the Bible would say, uh, on this side of Jordan, on this side of Jordan, that Moses began to declare this law. And I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about a covenant that God made with Moses. I'm talking about a promise that God spoke to him. It became a law in his heart. It became something that God made covenant with him that could not be destroyed. It could not be undermined. It could not be destroyed. But it was up to the people. And if those people could not come into agreement with the law that Moses was declaring, Declaring, this is what happened. God killed a whole generation. I said God killed a whole generation. Because here is what God would say. And the Lord our God, in verse number 6, spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost uh, that you're on this side of Jordan. You're on this side of your promises. You're on this side of what God has spoken to you. Maybe it's a word from years ago. Maybe it's something that God put in your spirit a long time ago and we're living on this side of Jordan. I said it, but I've come today in the Holy Ghost to stir you up and to tell you that you have dwelt long enough in this mountain. I said you've dwelt long enough going in circles, going around and around, getting the same results because behavior has not changed. God's calling you into a place of promise. God's calling you into a place of provision and blessing. But we can stay right where we are. We can stay right what we've been doing. We can keep going through the same motions and routine. But hear the word of the... I felt like in Moses' heart and spirit when I read this, there was a righteous indignation that rose up and he realized... My God, I've been listening to these reprobates. I've been listening to those naysayers. I've been listening to those evil reports for 40 years. I refuse to listen any longer. 
Hallelujah. There must be something that rises up in the heart of every believer that says, I don't care what, who says what uh, or who does what. As for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care who comes uh, or what goes. I will serve the Lord. I've dwelt here long enough. I've stayed on this side of Jordan too long when I've got a promised land calling me, beckoning me. Come over. I, I, I know, let me, let me just, I know Moses didn't make it across Jordan. I know Moses had the promise of the promised land. But we can say what we want to about Moses. I don't know how he put up with what he put up with. You're like two or three million people, you know, plus or minus there. You're having to pastor. You're having to convince. God's got a land prepared for us. God's got promises for us. God's got cities for us. God's got this and that. And we're over here sitting in a slave mentality. All I've ever done was make brick and mortar with my own hands. All I've ever done was, was work for Pharaoh, and I, I, I've helped bi- build his kingdom. But, but I, I want to say, uh, but while you was in slavery, God was increasing your numbers. While God had you in slavery, God was preparing you to get over Jordan. God was preparing you and your family to possess land and houses you didn't build. I think it's time out to look at our past and look at what we've been through in so much regret, in so much shame, in so much condemnation, but realize, yes, I may have been under the harsh taskmaster of Pharaoh, but God was preparing me for what I'm about to go into, for what I'm about to experience, what my family's about to experience, what my children are about to experience. You see, Moses... He cast vision. He spoke as the Lord spoke to him. He's seen God face to face in the mountain. He's seen him as close as any human has seen him face to face. So much that when he came down the mountain, he had to put a veil over his face because his face shone or shined with such radiance. The people could not stand before him. You know, I I believe... I believe if I would have been the people when I seen him come down and there was a glow on his face. There was power that the mountain shook and rent when he came down. They knew the power and the presence of God was on top of that mount. They seen the stones of tablet that were written with the finger of God. They knew what it was like when that presence would descend and minister and they would receive instruction Something on the inside of them could not disassociate with the slave mentality of Egypt. They could not, they could not com- comprehend that God was getting ready to make them the head, not the tail. They could not comprehend that they would be above and not beneath. They, they would literally possess and they would possess what was already possessed and just when they showed up all they had to do was show up and possess the land so when you possess you dispossess what's already there 
If I could tell someone in the Holy Ghost, it ain't as hard as you think it is. If you've got a mind of possession of just showing up and saying to whatever has possessed your promises. Some of you need to rise up in your spirit and tell the devil, get out of my stuff. Get out of my house. Get out of my property. This is... I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you need to say, get out, devil. Get out of my family. Get out of my marriage. This is preserved for me and my family. This is preserved for my future. But they just couldn't comprehend it. They could not understand what God was doing. So they wondered 40 years. 40 years, 11 months in a day. In circles. In circles. I just wonder if it ever hit them. You know, we're a bunch of idiots, ain't we? When are we going to get there? Are we there yet, Moses? No, we're just going to wander around. They didn't even use, and this is another one that pastor would say, they didn't even use the sense that God gave an idiot. They didn't. 11-day journey. You're going, it's going to take you 40 years. Now let that sink in right there. 40 years going in circles, wandering. Not listening to their pastor. Not believing the promises of God. Not believing that this stuff really does work. Not believing that it works to live for God. To trust the word of God. To trust the plan of God. Well, I want to do what's right in my own eyes. That's the generation I'm preaching about right here. Uh, Well, if it feels good, let's do it. That's that's what it got so bad they started murmuring and complaining that God would send manna as their, their food every day. I'm talking about every morning they got up, there was manna. Then they got so complaining and murmuring, they got tired of that. God would send quail. It got so bad they continued to murmur and complain. I'm talking about in the wilderness. 11 days from promised land. 11 days from land flowing with milk and honey. But for 40 years, they stayed captive. With nobody keeping them captive but their mind. Nobody keeping them hostage but themselves. And they would wander in circles. They would wander from little mountain to valleys, mountain to valleys, mountain to valleys. Mountain to valleys to a point. That the day would come, the murmuring and the complaining. I want water, and God would say, Speak to the rock, and water would come out, and they would murmur again, and God would say, Speak to the rock, and He would smite the rock. And it was one act of disobedience. One act of disobedience. Don't tell me obedience doesn't matter. One act of obedience and one act of disobedience. One act of disobedience. The judgments of God would come upon Moses. I have my own theology. This is Brit theology. I don't know how he lasted as long as he did. 
all the murmuring and all the complaining and all the petitioning of God, all the cheerleading and all the promoting of, of, of a land that it, it's already promised and it's, it's there. All we got to do is show up. Yes, there's giants. Yes, there's walled cities, but we can do it. We just got to show up. We've got to possess it. So the judgment of God would come upon him and Moses would be forbid to go into the land that God promised. It just gives me a notion and something to share. Don't let one act of disobedience abort promises that God has for you. Don't let one act of obedience alter. The children of Israel still went over. He just didn't get to go. That promises was for the children of Israel, but there was a generation that didn't go over because of their murmuring and complaining. The promise didn't change, but who went and possessed it did. I could say a lot of things. Revival's coming to this city. Revival's coming to this church. There's a harvest coming, but will you be here? Will you be part of it? Or, or, or will you have to look from the outside? Will you have to look and stand in the gate and be trampled because of the flock, the flock of people that are about to come in this, in this church and whom we are about to affect? All I know is I don't want to be on the outside looking in. I want to be on the inside cheering on and saying, we can do this. We can accomplish we can have revival. We will see signs and wonders and miracles. Ah. I pray against every naysaying spirit right now, every negative, every fearful, every afraid. God's brought us to Kadesh Barnea. We're at the crossing over. We're at the place of the crossing. But we've got to believe the report. We can. We've got to believe the report. Let's go. We've got to believe it. I believe some that were in that audience only believed. I know this is weird thinking, I know. But pardon me a few moments. Brother Bittler, I believe the generation that possessed believed when Moses died. I believed they heard Moses say, I can't go with you guys. I can't go over. I disobeyed God. But the promise ain't changed. The promise is still yours. The promise is still available to your, to your generation. Don't let my death keep you from going into the promised land. I believe when God buried him according to scripture in the mount. The Bible said in, Deuter in Deuteronomy 34, 6. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. He was preserved. It was as though he had not aged. God had sustained him. But listen. And the children of Israel wept in the plains for 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. After the weeping... 
after the morning, after the tears had been shed, those children of Israel and their newly appointed leader, Joshua, had a decision to make. Am I going to stay in sackcloth and ashes? Am I going to stay on this side of Jordan? Am I going to stay knowing the promise? My God, am I going to stay on this side of Jordan knowing what awaits me? Or am I going to come to the realization Moses is dead. It's time to get over it. It's time to get over into my promises. It's time to get over into my dominion. I feel like telling somebody in the Holy Ghost you've been on this side long enough but some things have died or about to die there's some things that are about to die in your spirit that are going to pave the way for you to step over it would they ever get over Moses' death? no but they would get over Jordan. See, that's where we've got to get. We've got to let some things die in our spirit. Some things die that we're trying to prop up and let live and say, you know what? Moses is dead. I'm getting over it. The distraction is behind me. The relationship that stifled my joy. The relationship that's not been ordained by God. I'm letting it go. To step in and go over into my promises. Some of you right now are haunted by your past. Some of you right now, it's hard for you to put two feet in front of another and walk into the house of God. It's hard for you to imagine God wants to bless you. It's hard to imagine God's got a plan for my life. God's got this. God's got this. Some of you have got generational promises over you. But you've never stepped into it. You never got over into it. Moses had to die before they ever got into it. You got to wake up. And you got to come in agreement with the faith. That was once delivered to the saints. The faith that God put in you. When he buried you in his name. Put in you the spirit of promise. And say I will not let anything live. In me. That's going to keep me from getting over my personal Jordan. Your personal Jordan is calling you. Your personal Jordan is beckoning unto you. But will you let Moses die and get over it? Well, I'll hold on to this and try to get over. I'll hold on to that addiction no, you can't have the best of both worlds. I'll hold on to this toxic relationship. I'll hold on to this toxic behavior. I'll hold on to this and I'll try to embrace that. And God is saying through the Holy Ghost today, if you will understand that Moses is dead, you can get over it. I said, you can get over Jordan. The Bible says in verse 2 of Joshua, Moses my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan. Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I don't really, 
You know what I think by parallel and by, I don't think nothing's in there by incident or by, by happenstance. I believe they went to the same place where they could have crossed so many years. They got to Kadesh Barnea so many years and looked at the raging waters of Jordan. They looked at the impossibility. They could see through the distance. I think that's Jer- I think that's that walled city I heard Moses talk about. I think I see that city that's waiting on us when we get over there. Oh, it's too big. We're over here. I, I heard one of the spies say, we're like grasshoppers. And you know what? From this point of view, I look like a grasshopper. See y'all later. We'll come back again next year. They would leave this place of Jordan and begin their journey wandering 40 more years. Finally, they came to the crossing. They came to the place. They came to the moment that God answered and fulfilled His promise that Moses would not go And that a new leader would arise. And that Joshua would take them over. And something clicked into this generation. The former generation had passed. Their leader had gone. And now one of the men. Who had went over and brought back a good report. Was at the helm. He was in the lead role. He was full of faith and vigor. He was at the place that he could transmit and influence a new generation. Not a bunch of naysayers. Not a bunch of people that would not believe him. But they would be obedient to the word. And he would reiterate every place that the sole of your feet touch. It's ours. All you got to do is be courageous. You got to be of good courage. You, 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 you just got to. Be strong and be of good courage. And remember the commandments. And don't let the book of the law leave your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night. Whether thou goest. When you're coming in. Whether you're going out. Don't be afraid of what's around you. Don't be afraid of what you see. Don't be afraid of the elements of the air. We've done seen God protect us in ways that no other race and no other people have been protected from. If we do this, guys, we're going to have good success. And they would prepare themselves for a moment that would forever change their life. It was in Joshua 3, and I didn't give this to the media team, but it will go part of my message. Joshua would orchestrate the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant. It was the point that they would cross over. But it would, be the, it would be what I would describe the greatest act of faith. They had watched Moses lift his hands. And a Red Sea part. They would watch as two men would stand on the side of Moses and lift his hands. But God was moving in a new dimension. In a new, uh, a new season of life. And now... They would witness the ark of God being carried by priests. The Levites would grab a hold of that ark. And they would march toward this side of Jordan. I said they would go to this side of Jordan. 
I'm sure the two plus million people stood in amazement as these men controlled their destiny. These men controlled their future. But it was out of the obedience. It wasn't just knowledge that it awaited them. But the Levites had to take responsibility and step into a realm of belief and faith. It says, it's our time. Moses is dead. It's time to get over it once and for all. It would be on that day that those men would carry that ark and get to the river. And the Bible says that when the sole of their feet When the soul of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord shall rest in the waters, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, so they shall stand on a heap. So when their feet touched the water, it created a highway. Just like that. Every step they took, water departed, water. And it made a highway through that river. And they would cross over on dry ground. The Bible would say in Joshua 3.17, And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord God stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all of the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Every, the sole of every human's foot that was in those tribes made it over on dry ground. Because it started with these priests that believed the report. It started with action, not just knowledge, but action. And they would take the step of faith into the Jordan that mocked them, that ridiculed them, that belittled them for 40 long years. But when those priests, under the direction of their leader, would step into that water, and the children of Israel would walk behind them, it would be a day forever remembered in biblical history that they would walk on dry ground and begin the pursuit into possessing the land of promise. What does that mean to me, pastor? Musicians come. What does that mean for my family? What does that mean for my situation? I could tell you what it means. It means that you're one step away from creating a path for you into personal victory. You're one step away from stepping out of nothing into something and creating a new beginning, a new frontier, a realm of dominion and power and authority. But the only person that controls your destiny is you. 
I can't step into the water for you. I can't create the path for you. But you've got to believe the word of the Lord today. And you've got to believe. I have allowed things to, to come up in my spirit. I've allowed things to manifest itself in my mind. But I've got to crucify them. I've got to allow them to die. So that I can get over it. I just, the it... For the children of Israel was Jordan. What is your it today? What is it you need to get over? What is it you need to get through? What is it that you need to surrender at the foot of the cross? What is it that you need to say, God, Moses is dead. I've got to get over it. Who's offended you and you've held on to it? Who's forsaken you? Who's betrayed you? Who's talked about you? Who's fought against you? Who's misunderstood you? I can't live for God because. I can't get past this because. And God is trying to provoke and, pro and convict the heart. Let it die. And get over it. Let it die. And get over it. If you'll let it die, there's a promised land that's waiting on you. I just wonder. I, I don't know. This is just. I wonder if the children of Israel gave Moses a little bit of the Messiah complex. And when they knew Moses couldn't go over, they just quit. If Moses can't go, I can't go. And then there they murmured and complained against him and God. Until God said, it's time for my promise to be fulfilled. And I've got to take Moses out. I've got to raise Joshua up. So that the promises can be possessed. Today my appeal to everyone under the sound of my voice. It would be simply this. What needs to die. So you can get over it. I know that sounds morbid, that may even sound cruel, but it's not. I'm not talking about humans. I'm not talking literally what I'm talking about. What have you, what's living and reigning and ruling in the heart of your life that you need to let die so you can get over it? What are you letting live? What are you letting play games with you? What are you letting destroy you from the inside out? What are you doing? What are you allowing to prevent you from stepping in? What are you doing in allowing? I speak to my online audience. What are you doing in allowing to keep you from rejoining back into the house of God? What, what offense? What, what, what's happening in here? Whatever it is. If you'll let it die. You can get over it. If you can let it die, you can get over it. In light of eternity, stand to your feet. I had to ask myself in preparation for this message. In light of eternity, is there, is there anything worth holding on to that will keep me from crossing over.
Is there anything worth harboring, holding on to that would keep me? God's calling somebody right now. You're at the brink of the Jordan. You're at the banks. You're at the banks. You're at this side of Jordan. And you've been here before. But what you do today will affect your tomorrow. What you do on this side of Jordan today will affect the shout you will give in just a few days when you march around Jericho. Just a few more days. You're going to be possessing land, living in houses you didn't build, being a part of greater, the greatness of revival in untold and unmeasured proportions. Or you can stay bound, you can stay in the fog. Some of you right now, you've said in your spirit, I just feel like I'm in a fog. I'm in a fog. I don't know where. I'm in a fog. I can't make sense of it. I can't make sense of life. I can't make sense of what's going on. And God said, I'm bringing you to Jordan today. I'm bringing you to Jordan to get your vision clear. I'm not talking about natural. I'm talking about get your spiritual lens. Get your life reevaluated. Get reconnected with purpose. And never forget the promise or the law of God towards you. If there's ever been a word, if there's ever been a promise, if there's ever been God showed you something, God spoke something to you, and it ain't happened yet. Would you step out of that aisle right now and step to this front with your hands lifted? And many of you will have tears flow down your face. Some of you are not operating in the calling God called you into. Some of you are not doing what He's purposed for your life. Some of you are sitting back and God saying, I'm calling you to this side of Jordan. One more time. Moses is dead. Get over it. Some of you need to start putting your own name right there. Some of you need to put your own I said Moses, my pastor would say Elvis, but some of you need to put situations. You need to put situations and you need to put things that have been roadblocks. Maybe it's a failure. Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's a missed opportunity. Maybe it's, I, I don't want to put words in you, but I'm trying, to con, I'm trying to provoke your thought process to think. Whatever it is, it's dead. And it's time to get over it. Because if you don't get over it, you will become a statistic of the generation that died in the wilderness. They died on this side of Jordan. They didn't die on the other side. They didn't die in the land of promise, but they died on this side of Jordan. We have a choice. We have a choice today. Lift your hands all over this place. I surrender my life, God. I surrender my will, oh God, right here, right now. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my desires. Some of you need to repent.
You need to ask God to forgive you. God, I surrender and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I come before you a, a broken man, a broken lady. Some of you need to pray these strong, bold prayers. And you need to let it go. You need to let it die at the altar so that you can rise in victory in Jesus.